What's up, Chapel family? How's everybody doing this morning? Oh, yeah, it sounds good. Today's an exciting day. I think we have 26 uh, people who are registered to be baptized and follow the Lord, like we talked about last week, taking that initial step of a devoted and faithful heart to follow Jesus. So we're going to celebrate that. So I was not planning on there being so many, so I'm going to push my sermon off that was planned for this week to next week on Matthew 4 and overcoming temptation. But today I kind of want to set up everything, because uh, if you remember last week, I talked about baptism preaches a sermon, preaches a sermon of death to life. And so we're going to hear those sermons this morning as we baptize people. But you have your Bibles turning to Ephesians chapter 2, let me be verse 1. And there's an old story an old preacher used to tell, how he was a kind of inner city church, and uh, he's walking past the house, going to the church. He'd walk from his house to church every single morning. He's walk across, this young boy had a, a little bird cage with a couple of birds in it. And the old man, old preacher, asked the little boy, he said, what you going to do with those birds? He said, I don't know. He's like, man, they really aren't good for nothing. I may just feed them to some cats later on. So the preacher's like, well, man, that's, that's not good. He's like, I'll give, you, I'll give you two bucks for the cage and the birds. And the little boy said, well, sir, it's not a good deal because these, these birds don't sing. They don't got much of a song. He said, that's fine. I'll, I'll give you two bucks. And the little boy said, well, you can take it. But he's like, it's a bad deal for you. And he gave him two bucks and he took the cage and the birds and he went home and he released those birds. He says, as they release those birds, they sang and sang and sang. What he was trying to equate is sometimes you don't have a song because you're stuck in a bad place. But as soon as you get out of that bad place, the song that's in your heart, the song that's in your soul is released as you are released from captivity. And just like how this man had to give two bucks to buy these birds, to get them out of this cage or get them out of this bird cage or captivity in the same way Jesus had to buy our release from captivity into freedom and as he purchased it he purchased 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 that freedom so that when we were released that song that's within our soul could finally be released that you've been holding on to your entire life and Ephesians chapter 2 is that song it says this starting in verse 1 and it says you were dead in trespasses and sin in which you once walked following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom all we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. And so this is the Apostle Paul talking, he's saying, listen, all of us at some point were far away from God. All of us at some point were dead in our trespasses, all of us at some point were far away and following something else. And I think one of the things that happens in the Bible Belt is we think that the person who needs Jesus is the person who got arrested, the person who's addicted. But Paul, who is saying these words, I was dead in my trespasses, my sin. I was following the courses of the princes of this world. I was all these things. He was a very moral man. He was a Pharisee of Pharisees. He, he didn't walk in intentional sin. He didn't, he didn't do the things. He wasn't in jail. He wasn't at the club. He wasn't at the bar. He wasn't fornicating. He wasn't adultery. Like, he was a guy that we would think he's doing it right. Yet, here's Paul saying, but I was dead. See, the reason we need Jesus is not because we've done bad things. It's because we're spiritually dead. We're spiritually asleep. And we need to be awakened to who our purpose is in following Jesus. We need to be awakened to the fact that we have an eternal life, not just a temporary life. We need to be awakened to the fact that God made us and God bought us and God saved us for a purpose to glorify him with our lives. And so many times we think it's just 
Not every sinner is a dirty person. Not every sinner is the immoral person. There's plenty of honorable, moral, good people who are spiritually asleep. Plenty. And so the gospel is not about making bad people good. It's about making dead people alive. And Paul says it, he says it in the scripture, he says, but I was dead, I was all these things. But he says in verse 4, but God. Everybody say, but God. But God. This divine interruption, being rich in mercy, because the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised up with him and seated us with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So in the coming age, he might show his immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. Like, what I think is amazing here is if you, you're just a, to survey or take a poll of the world, they would say God is rich in judgment. God is rich in and maybe hatred. God is rich in, in, in wrath. God is rich in... But this scripture very clearly says that even when we're dead in our trespasses and sin, even when we're going the wrong direction, even when we're following the course of the princes and the powers of this world, even when we're following the world's cultures, even when we're following the world's directions, even then, God is rich in mercy. Even then, God is rich in immeasurable love. And so when you're spiritually dead and you're spiritually asleep, it's, you know, we have four kids, and and now they kind of wake themselves up for the most part to go to school. But it's interesting with kids how some kids you can kind of just tell them, hey, wake up, and they get up. Some kids you can say, wake up. Five minutes later, wake up. Another five minutes, wake up. And then, then you have to pour cold water on them to get them up. See, when people are spiritually asleep, some are awakened just simply by saying, God is a God of love who loves you. I want you to see you, you in a relationship with him for the rest of your entire life and for all of eternity. Some people need to be awakened, maybe by the circumstances of life. Maybe it's the consequences of bad decisions. Maybe it's a broken marriage. Maybe it's a broken family. Maybe it's a lost job. Maybe it's, it's a conviction. Maybe it's a judge. But something else, some people, it takes a little bit more awakening to happen. But this but God, rich in mercy, this awakening is divine intervention of the God of the universe stepping into our lives, sometimes displaying his grace, sometimes displaying his mercy, sometimes displaying his love, or sometimes just allowing us to live out the consequences that we deserve. To interrupt our lives, to draw our attention away from this world into the next. And these but God moments, most of us have probably had them. Some of them, they wakened us. And that was our salvation moment. For some of us, maybe you, you kind of tossed and, and kind of turned your back to the God moment. But these God moments are what move us from dead to alive. Like no one gets saved on the one. It says, but by his grace. And so we say it here, I was, but God I am. I was, but God I am. I was, before I met Jesus, maybe you were a good moral person. But you didn't live your life in a way to glorify Jesus instead of yourself. Maybe before you met Jesus, before your but God moment, maybe you were one who was running the streets and running the clubs and running the bars and living your life however you wanted to. But God showed up in your life. 
Maybe you thought you had everything together, but a divorce just rocked your entire world and that but God moment. See, when God steps into your life, he steps in not just to fix it, but to change you in the midst of your life. So I was, but God, here's who I am now. Like grace never leaves you the same way. It always changes you from the inside out. And Paul says, I was dead in my trespasses and my sin, but God, rich in mercy, full of grace and measurable love, stepped in now. I'm seated at the right hand with Jesus. But he continues on. I'm, I'm going to finish. It says this in verse 8. It says, for by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God. Everybody say gift. Yeah. Meaning you, salvation is not a reward for you doing all the right things. Salvation is not a reward for you doing all the right things and not doing all the wrong things. Salvation is not the reward for running a well-ran race. It says it is a gift of God, not a result of work so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works. Somebody say good works. For good works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So it's kind of contradictory if you just read it. It says, no, I was dead, but God stepped in. Now I'm alive. You're saved by grace, through faith, not by works that no one can boast, but you're saved for works. What that means is that when you're saved, your salvation is not a byproduct of your works, but when you're saved, since you're changed and made new, there's works that God created before you were ever born. In Jeremiah 1, before you were formed in your mother's womb, he knew you and he had stuff for you to do. And he saved you, not just to be saved, but to walk in that purpose in those works God called you for. So what that means is I'm saved by grace. It's a gift, but through faith in trusting in the God of the universe and his paid price for my sin for good works. Which means my works are not an attempt to try to get God to love me. My works are a thank you to the God who does love me. And so when we talk about baptism, we talk about going from an old life to a new life. An old life of bad works, maybe, maybe of, of self-glorifying, self-gratifying works, to works that display the glory of God to the people around me, to a lifestyle that honors God with every bit of who I am with my thoughts, with my love, with my relationships, with my activities, with my worship, with my prayer, with my work ethic, with my finances, with my marriage, with my family. Like I'm going from one life to the next. And my life says thank you to the one who gave it to me. And I don't know about you, whenever we have baptism, my, my soul just gets sensitive because I think back to the fact of who I was how God intervened and interrupted my life and who I am now. I think back to who I was when people looked at me thinking I was worthless because of the way I was living my life. People that judged me, we had people that would, would tell me all types of things because I was an atheist, I was living in the world, they would tell me all types of things. It's, it's better to marry than to burn. It's better to do this than to die. It's better, and all types of people that had well good intentions but thought my life was worthless. But then Jesus stepped into my life in a time when no one else did and interrupted the course 
of not just my life, but my eternal purpose and destination. And to think who I am now is not even a resemblance of who I used to be. And all I can do to thank him is to fulfill and walk in the good works he's prepared beforehand for me to walk in. And so today we're going to celebrate the stories of I was. If you want to know how to share your story, your testimony, just tell people who you were, how God intervened and interrupted your life, and who you are now. I was, but God, I am. I was, but God, I am. And the story doesn't point to you, it points to the goodness of God. And so we're going to go and celebrate today the baptisms of, of many people who are following Jesus. And here's what I want, I need three things from you. From everybody in this room. One, I want you to celebrate each and every baptism. It says all of heaven rejoices when one sinner repents and comes back home. I want you to celebrate, not just celebrate because that's the church thing to do. I want you to celebrate like that's your son or your daughter, your mom, your dad, your brother, your sister who's going from death to life. Two, I want you to remember. I want you to remember when you went from death to life. I want you to remember who you were, how God interrupted, and who you are now. And I want to stir gratitude in your heart for the gospel of Jesus Christ. And number three, I want you to pray. I want you to pray for whoever in your life. Maybe it's a son or daughter who's a prodigal. Maybe they've turned away from God in in the church. Maybe it's a a mom or dad who's unsaved. I want you to pray and believe God that the next time we have baptisms, your son, your daughter is being in that water. Because here's one thing I do know. God moves and does nothing but by prayer. And the prayers of grandmamas and the prayers of mamas still work. And so when you have this prophetic revelation of seeing somebody go into the water, you start put, picturing your son or your daughter, your friend, your co-worker there. You start praying, God, God, I pray that my son or my daughter, that's them going into the water. And you get that visual picture to hold on to. It will stir your prayer life. Celebrate, remember, and pray. And as you do, it's going to be a great, great rest of the Sunday. You're going to see all these different sermons preached to these lives of people. So I'm ready, Brian, if you're ready. Awesome. Praise God. So our first candidate today is Dennis Brewer. Come on, can we give him a hand this morning? Dennis said, I was trapped in a world of addiction to alcohol, helpless, hopeless, and depressed. But God came in and rescued me after years of trying to stop over and over. I am now free, no alcohol, no fear of going to sleep and not knowing what kind of monster tomorrow would bring. I sleep like a baby. Praise God. Our next candidate is Molly Brewer. This is his wife. Come on, give it up. I was purposeless, living life day to day, just going through the motions. But God was able to reach out to me through my daughter Caitlin's faith. 
hope and determination. One Saturday night, she was heading out the door and invited us to come with her the next morning as she had done so many times before. And today we agreed to meet her that next morning. We have been attending ever since. That was the best decision we have ever made. I'm now living a life of joy and hope. And I am no longer going through the motions of life. I pray that my faith, worship, and love for Jesus continues to grow stronger each and every day. Amen. Oh, come on. You can do better than that. Yeah. Our next candidate is Louise Thornton. This is, yeah, come here, come here, we got time here, come on, explain what's going on right here. So this is an awesome testimony of God's faithfulness of a woman who loves the Lord and believes for her family. So this woman has been praying for her family, for Molly and for Dennis and the situation that they're going through for Caitlin and for the family. And this woman that has been faithful to the Lord, she has loved the Lord her entire life. She was saved as a little girl, but all her life as she's grown, she's never been baptized. And when she has seen the faithfulness of God's hand on the life of Molly and Dennis, <laughs> the answered prayers of the prayers that she has prayed long, day in and day out, she has prayed and believed for this family. When she heard that there's baptisms happening and that Dennis and Molly were getting baptized, she does not attend here, but when she heard what they were doing, she was so thankful and amazed at God's goodness and faithfulness that she said, I have to get baptized. I want to get baptized with you. I want to be there in that moment because God has restored. God has been faithful. He has heard the prayers and has seen the sleepless nights of this mother. And so she wanted to get baptized. And so I just think it's an incredible story of God's faithfulness and goodness of how amazing our Father is. And so she said to, today, she wants to declare that God is so good and faithful, but I'm just, I'm amazed by this story of who God is. So we're going to celebrate together as Louise, Miss Louise gets baptized today. next our next candidate is 
Aubrey Fields. Little Aubrey says, I was lonely, but God, he showed me his love, and now I am happy. Leslie Mitchell. Come on, give it up. He said, I was a drunk, but God got my attention to get me back on his path. And now I am a new creation because with God, all things are possible. Amen. Nicholson. Laura says, I was depressed, but God made me realize that I cannot live my life without him. Without him, I was suicidal, hopeless, and consumed by the world. Jesus turned my entire life around. Now I am redeemed. Now that I truly know Jesus and have been saved, I am completely new. I have found true freedom in Jesus. I finally have real joy and hope. And I'm so excited to see what God has in store for me. Amen. Eliza Seal. Eliza says, I love Jesus. <laughs> I love Jesus and I want to just be more like him. says I was depressed and stressed but God saved me and I have been wanting to get baptized and I am stronger 
and I feel better. Next, we have Ariana Webster. Ariana says, I was stubborn, but God has been patient with me, and I am able to love him and others more. Allie Garrett. Come on, give it up for Allie. Come on, get up on your feet. Come on, let's give God some praise. Let's celebrate His goodness. Come on, testify this morning. Yeah! First, we have Sienna Abernathy. Come on, give it up for Sienna. I was anxious, broken, lonely, and depressed, useless, and and a lost soul. But God changed my life at youth camp during worship. I got down on my knees for the first time and just began to pray. That's when I truly asked Jesus to live in my heart. And I have felt so different from that moment on. So now I am so joyful. I believe my life is changing big time and I'm so excited. Amen. Next, we have Carson Smith. Carson says, I was suicidal, depressed, anxious, sick, addicted, broken, worthless, empty, hollow, and lost. But God found me, molded me, changed my name, healed me, and fixed me. He called me son and told me that he loves me. He showed me that there is a way out, and it's only through Jesus. 
Now I am loved, healed, free, strong, and made new. I have worth and I am alive today. Amen. Come on, give it up. Next, we have Lennon Davis. Lennon says, I was depressed, anxious, and lonely. But God used those around me as vessels, and Jesus came into my life. Now I am happy, faithful, blessed, and healed. Next, we have Sorsha Davis. She says, I was broken, lonely, depressed, anxious, confused, and lost. But God used someone as a vessel and pushed me closer to him. I spent an hour in prayer that night, and I cried, I worshiped, I rejoiced. It was the best night of my life. Now I'm free Joyful, chosen, loved, forgiven, bold, faithful, blessed, and I have purpose. Thank you, Jesus. Next, we have Amy Gladden. Amy says, I was broken, hopeless, addicted, anxious, lonely, depressed, and had no purpose. I was at the point of death, but God came, met me one night, and I fell to my knees, and now I'm hopeful, peaceful, excited, and free. Next, we have Claire Lane Hardy. She says, I was lost in anxiety and worry, but God saved me. (laughs) And now I am free. Amen. Next, we have Ava Bird. 
Ava says, I was lost, scared, insecure, worrisome before I wanted to start living for Jesus. I let insecurity and worry control my life. I was so unsure of myself all the time. Every day was a constant struggle to find a purpose and a plan. But God showed me that my identity in Christ mattered so much more than an earthly identity. He placed people and opportunities in my life that showed me his glory and that he had a plan for me. I saw his love through people like my mom and my boyfriend, Ethan. I couldn't be more grateful for the opportunities and people I've been, uh, give, that I've been given by him. Now I am fulfilled and free. I've learned that his grace is sufficient. When I started fully putting my trust in Jesus and stopped trying to f- force my own plans, everything started falling perfectly into place. Even though the hard times, he gives me a peace through the hard times that I never that I never had before. Come on, yeah. Next, we have Martin Lowry. Martin says, I was addicted to drugs and hated myself. I would, fulfill my, I would fill myself with drugs to change the way I felt, but I always left, it always left me feeling empty, a lost soul full of anger, hurt, shame, and despair. But God came in. There have been many moments that only God gave can give an explanation for. I've lost everything and had to start over multiple times. I've walked away from multiple fatal car accidents with no injuries. I've overdosed and died multiple times, putting those that I love in such hard places. I've been shot at and I'm still here. He has kept me alive for for a reason. I believe it was to be, I was to be reborn and share my testimony with others so that they may be saved too. I am a husband. I am a father of four. And now I am a successful and aspiring business owner. I was born to help others. I know that now. To my success, I simply were waking up happy now and loving what I do each day. I am so full of gratitude and peace and joy, full of love. And today I recognize the person in the mirror and he's a pretty cool dude. Thank you, Jesus. Pastor Bob. And Martin's going to help baptize his wife, Katie. And I just want to share a little bit of the story with him because I told him last week uh, they dedicated their, their two kids. And I'm just so super proud of this couple. And so a couple years ago, um, both of them are previously married, went through some uh, difficult divorces kind of thing, got together. Uh, there was a divorce that was kind of hanging in the, in the court system. And they had some kids during that time. And I was like, when are you going to make this right? He said, I'm trying. And like as a pastor, there's... Sometimes there's hard conversations that are God conversations. And I had a hard conversation with him. I said, hey, you need to get underneath God's covering and his blessing so God can bless everything you're doing. And he said, I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm trying. Finally, I think the day the divorce is finally, y'all got married the next day to make it right with God. And I've just watched God bless 
him, bless their marriage, bless their family, watching God heal Koa. It's just a, a miracle in the flesh, and it's just proud to, proud to be here and proud to say that uh, I'm a part of what's going on in your life. So give them a big round of applause real quick. Katie says, I was broken, depressed, anxious, and hopeless, but God never took his eyes off of me. He met me where I was and spoke truth over every lie the enemy had, had me believing. I am walking in completion now. Walking in the authority of Jesus has given me to tear down every lie the enemy tries to speak. I am walking in freedom and in my true identity. I am loved, accepted, joyful, full of laughter, full of grace. I am a child of God. Hallelujah. Next, we have Caitlin Putman. She says, I was alone, depressed, anxious, and hopeless. But God, he never abandoned me. He was there with me at my darkest moments. And I am not alone. He was with me every step of the way through each part of my life that I go through. He is with me for myself, for others, for whom I marry, my children and my students. I will show the love and light that he has always shown me. Next is Clint Rogers. Clint said, I was broken, but God lifted me when I was at my lowest, and I realized I am enough. Next, we have Jonah Trotter. Yeah, Jonah. Jonah says, I was disrespectful, anxious, and disobedient. But God changed my life. And now I am respectful, obedient, kind, loving, and filled with joy. Next is his brother, Justice Trotter. He says, I was a sinner, disrespectful, anxious, upset, 
lacking self-control. But God came into my life during worship and I knew I needed him. I am happy, honest, filled with joy and self-control. And I'm doing my best to follow Jesus and looking to him in all situations. Come on, church. Next, we have Cody Quinn. Cody Quinn. He says, I was addicted, but God rescued me, and I am a new soul and child of God. Next is Joseph Simpson. Joseph says, I was angry, depressed, jealous of others' lives, but God saved me through reminding me to focus on what I've always known true in my heart, to learn to focus on God, my God, and not the Goliaths or the mountains in my life. I am right now at this moment in my life. I have the will and the want to be present. I am victorious and more than a conqueror. I am now Joseph again. Next, we have Holly Moody. I was christened, confirmed, and even baptized later in life when I was saved by being sprinkled. I had been walking with the Lord and even serving on the baptism team here at chapel. But God placed me serving in a place. He really needed my obedience. He used people in this room and the word from our pastor to help me realize that the method matters. He showed me the power of obedience and turning away from tradition. I am now immersed in him. I am ready to walk in his power and all that he has for me. Yeah, give God a big round of applause real quick. (laughs) And we're going to go back down and worship for just a second. Brian, would you come up here real quick, Brian Anderson? I want to connect the dots a little bit because there's a lot of stories that y'all haven't told. But Clint Rogers is a guy, just got baptized. I spent a lot of time with Pastor Anthony's been spending a lot of time with and just has gone through a couple of dark places. But Bryant, just don't slip. It's wet. So Bryant, a couple years ago, actually shared the gospel with Clint 
while y'all were working, correct? At his workplace, Clint was going through a difficult time in his marriage. Since then, Clint has gone through some more difficulties, went through a divorce, but just came to a place where really at the, where a place where God is molding him and renewing him and making him new. But that was like a four-year process. And so I want to, I want to explain just a couple things. One, the faithfulness that you realize church does not happen in this room. It happens out there. And more people are, and especially the future, are going to get saved out there than in here. This, this is the overflow of what happens out there. Out there is not the overflow of what happens in here. And so Bryant was faithful in a situation to share his faith, to share the gospel, and to pray for somebody in a restaurant and a bar after hours. And has watched and been faithful to watch the seed that he planted four years ago finally come to fruition today and watch Clint rise in new life to Christ. And so I just want to encourage you, anybody in your life, be faithful to those seeds. And I want to thank you publicly and bless you. Thank you. Come on, we're just going to celebrate just a little bit longer.